0: Even in a lot of my books that I write, a lot of my main characters don't have a father figure because I truly just don't know how to write it. I don't mm-hmm. I don't understand the relationship between father and daughter because I've never um, been able to experience it. I got you You're my crew.
1: everyone welcome to pan and unicorn the relationship podcast episode six
2: yes are we you made re- it
1: you ready babe we made it we came back from mexico we're well rested
2: Let's Ready? do it. Let's
1: do it. Okay. So you guys make sure you follow us on TikTok, Instagram, everything at Panda Unicorn. We even have a Facebook group that you guys can join and be a part of where we share like, you know, our stories and we help each other out. It's a great support system for everyone.
2: We're on Twitter now. We're on if Twitter. You like oh, Twitter. Yeah.
1: We're on Twitter at Panning Unicorn. Everything is Panning Unicorn, so it's super easy to find. But yeah, so last week we did a really helpful episode basically talking about all our tips of things that we wish someone would have told us. before going through divorce
2: so if you know anybody that's going through divorce and hopefully you know it just stays up there so you guys can have it for the future but it's all about stuff that we really wish we would have been told stuff we would have known so we hope it's super helpful
1: so yeah it was a really really helpful episode definitely check it out i'll have it linked down below for you guys and then also let's go ahead and send some love
2: send some love everybody all right here we go friends loved ones family send them a text i don't know how much you love them and appreciate them
1: all right so who did you send some love to
2: i sent some love to tracy
1: oh tracy i love tracy she does our massages and she's a really close family friend of yours for about She's a good years.
2: friend and um, she has saved my body. I've had a lot of knee surgeries and mm. although she makes me cry every time she works on me, <laughs> it I would not be walking if it wasn't for her.
1: Yeah, she's awesome. She's great. I always love talking with her. Um, I sent some love to my sister. She's going through a hard time right now. So I sent her some love.
2: Love you, I Ashley.
1: I love Ashley. I hope she's doing okay. Um, So anyways, you guys, we have a very special guest today. Our first guest, which I'm so excited about. Our first
2: guest, so bear with us, but uh, we are so excited.
1: We're excited to have Samantha March on here. Samantha, you were highly requested from everyone to have you on here, Mm -hmm. which is amazing. I'm so glad you are joining us today. So if you guys didn't know, but me and Samantha, we go way back to like the Ipsy days, Mm with all mm-hmm. the generation beauties, all the ipsy events. Ah, oh, such a different time back then, right? So what year was that? Completely different. This was like 2016, 2017. And then we met in did we, we met in New York, right? With Ashley and everyone. Yep. Yeah, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, I miss those days. <laughs> I okay, know. So they are
0: so lacking.
1: Yeah. It a good times, But so, Samantha, um, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself?
0: Sure. Well, my name is Samantha March. I am a social media influencer. I started in 2009 as a blogger and then just kind of continued on from there. Um, I do also have a dog. Her name is Aries, and she is behind me on the chair snoring so loud. So if you hear that, it's my dog. Um, But I'm an influencer. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm a small business owner. And I'm also an author of eight. And my ninth book will be out next month. Wow. That's awesome. Where can you get your books at? Uh, they're all available on Amazon, also Audible. And um, my website is by where you can also get the paperback versions.
2: Oh, that's what amazing. are the books about?
0: Uh, I write primarily women's fiction. So really focused on um, usually females in their 20s to 30s and just whatever it is that they're going through. So I'm in the middle of a six-part series right now. The first three books are out. The fourth one is what's coming out next month. And each one focuses on a different... Friend in this friendship group of six and relationship problems, friendship problems, work struggles. Just
2: that's amazing. In life.
1: <laughs> that is awesome. You literally are a jack of all trades. You could do everything like you can write, <laughs> you're talented, makeup, all that. Cause your YouTube is primarily is beauty, right? And then you do lifestyle yes. and then TikTok, you share a little bit of everything about your life. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yes. Oh, how awesome. exciting. Uh, so uh, Samantha, where can everyone find you at? What are your handles?
0: Um, I'm by Samantha March on YouTube. Um, or if you just search Samantha March, I should come up. My Instagram is March Beauty Word. Since I started back in the day, you had to have like a cool handle. It couldn't just be your name. Yeah. And I never changed it. And then my TikTok is also by Samantha March.
1: Perfect. I'll have all of her socials, everything where you guys can find her at, linked down below. So it's super easy to find. Go give her a follow if you're not following her already. Um, so we really wanted to have you on here. And I think a lot, this is why a lot of people requested you, is because you went through a divorce recently. We actually both went through our divorces around the same time. And yeah. it was really yeah. nice to catch up with you in Vegas and talk with you about everything. That was awesome. And I can't wait to see you next mm-hmm. month or in January in Vegas but I'm so excited. I love when I have visitors. (laughs) It's so much fun. Oh my God. We have a blast. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your experiences with divorce and
0: everything and how everything came about. Sure. With my divorce. So I was with my ex-husband for 15 years. We met when we were 19 in college and, um, we got married when we were 25 and, um, we're then married for seven years before ultimately deciding to divorce. And I think there's just so much that plays into it when you meet someone so young and you kind of continue to grow. Sometimes you grow together and sometimes you grow apart. And um, we just had different, <clears throat> different visions for what we wanted our lives to look like. And it's nothing against my ex-husband. And he just always wanted to stay in our home state of Iowa and lead maybe what I would say like is a quieter life. And I've always had big, grand dreams and visions and never really felt like I fit in in Iowa. I didn't fit in in a small town. So once we did decide to get divorced, I was like, I'm moving to Las Vegas. <laughs> and that is where I've been for a year and a half. That is yeah. awesome. That's that's <laughs> hard to
1: just pick up and go somewhere where you you didn't know anyone in Vegas, right?
0: I have a couple other YouTube friends that are out here, Uh Um, but besides them, yeah, I didn't know anybody, and it was definitely terrifying because, especially I'm in my mid-30s, it was like, how do you make friends, and how do you start over in a whole new state, like, even... Something like getting my driver's license. I was like, I don't know where to go. And, you know, we just had the election and voting. I was like, I don't know how to vote here. I don't know where you go. Whereas in Iowa, that I knew everything. I knew where to go. I knew all the things. I knew who to ask if I couldn't find something out. It's like, I have no idea. This is a whole new place. I, I know nothing. Like, I, I remember even saying... I didn't know what gas station to go to, you know, it's like, I have my favorite gas station in Iowa and here it's like, I don't know where to go to get gas. Like, it's yeah. just it's very terrifying.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's definitely learning all the new, the new places to go, new friends. And it's just, it's an experience though. And it's a really growing experience too. Definitely.
2: Definitely. Right, so that's a crazy story. I didn't know that you met him when you were 19 and you were in college. Yeah. Uh, it's very, it's,
1: her story is very similar to mine. We're like the same ages and we got divorced mm-hmm. the same year, seven years. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. So yeah.
2: I want to take it back for the audience uh, that's listening before you met your ex-husband. So mm-hmm. when you were, I don't know, let's just say high school, is that, how old were you when you started dating?
0: I had my first boyfriend when I was 13. <laughs>
2: okay and so did you date a lot from like through high school
0: we my first boyfriend i ended up dating for five years i dated him all through high school
2: and then broke up because and then and then (laughs) broke up because of college or
0: um yeah we broke up like right at the start of my senior year um he was two years older than me so he was already Yeah, I just think the age gap at that time was like he was doing his, like, adult college things. I'm still in high school. It just, no, it just didn't work out. Um, And then I did um, have a few more relationships while in college as well. And then I ended up, um, I I met Mitch, my ex-husband, my first year of college. But we really started dating around our second year. And then... We're
2: together ever since. Yeah. So something that Madison and I have talked about and we've talked about on podcasts, we'll talk about in future podcasts is like advice that we got from our parents. Did you get any relationship advice when you were in high school from your parents, just as far as like how to be a good girlfriend or what to expect from a good boyfriend? And did you have those types of conversations? Not
0: I really don't feel like I did. I just have my mom. Um, I don't have a dad, so or a dad who's in my life, but um so I just have my my mom and I'm trying to think she she's so funny. My the one piece of advice I can remember my mom giving me cuz I was in my first relationship for such a long time, then I was in another relationship when I left high school and went to college and we had tried to make long distance work and then I got another relationship in college and my mom was like, why don't you just play the field? Yeah. <laughs> why don't you just be single for a while and see what's out there? And I'm like, what? Yeah. And then I literally started dating Mitch like six months later and we were together for 15 years. So even after the divorce, my mom's like, I'm just so excited for you to be single for just a little bit. Yeah, <laughs>
2: like,
0: it's like, I don't know. I'm truly, I feel like I'm like a serial monogamous, but I'm trying to like, be single right now and just be selfish and, and enjoy myself and heal from my divorce and all the things. But
1: yeah, I can relate really too so much to that because I feel like I'm very much I was very similar, like long term relationships. Like in the college, it was like three years, then my, my ex husband was with him for 12 years. So it was like long relationship, mm-hmm. long relationship. Yeah, 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 yep.
2: okay. So very interesting. Both of you guys are very similar yeah, in a lot so, of ways. So <laughs> and all right so you you went to college you started dating your ex did you feel pressure so I think a lot of you know I'm trying to get younger audience to listen to this or parents to pass this on to their kids and I feel like Mm -hmm. the college boyfriend girlfriend is extremely common and then you graduate and then you start talking about like such a different life like you talked about it's like your college life is just so different than after college, like, are we going to live together? Are we going to move together? Are we going to get jobs in the same city? Talk us through like those conversations that you had, because it sounds like you kind of wanted something, he wanted something, but you guys compromised at that point, like post college.
0: Yeah. And I think it was one of those things where, because my vision for myself, my family is army. So they have always moved around a lot. And my senior year of high school, my mom joined my sister and my brother-in-law and their kids. And because my brother-in-law would be um, stationed overseas so much, my mom decided to live with my sister so she could help with the kids when when my brother-in-law was not there. So my vision for myself was I'm going to go to college and then I'm going to start to move around with my family because they moved every two to four years. And I love traveling. I love seeing new places. I never wanted to be in Iowa. So I was like, go to college, get my degree, and then I'm going to start traveling with my family, and it's going to be such an epic life. And then I end up meeting Mitch and deciding to stay in Iowa for love and all of that. Um, But we definitely did have a lot of conversations of, you know, I asked, would you want to move around with me and my family? And that was a no. And I was like, I just really don't want to stay in Iowa. Like, Could we even move to Chicago and we're Green Bay Packers fans? I was like, what if we lived a year in Green Bay?
2: Yeah,
0: Like, like That would be so crazy. And he was like, no, I'm not leaving Iowa. And I was like, okay.
2: I mean, um, so I just we- want to touch on that because it's a really good point and Mass and I have talked about is it. like, we've said like early on in relationships, even this is good for college student ages. It's like you had this feeling in this life of what you wanted post-college, although you met him early on in college do you know at what point you guys had that conversation and if you could kind of look back on it if you were 19 or 20 and you said hey like this is the life that i want post college and he was like pretty adamant like well this is the life i want post college obviously you can't go back but Do you think now, like, maybe you would have told yourself, all right, like, he's great and I like him a lot, but we have no future together because of what I want and what he wants. Maybe I shouldn't date him.
0: Yeah, I do. And I'm an author and I not all of my books are like based on my life by any means, but certain parts I do write into my stories as I think a lot of authors do. And my most recent book that I published, which is called the sixth Lauren is kind of like giving myself a do over because she's in that same relationship where her fiance wants this life and she wants this life and she's very career driven and wants to travel. And she does end up ultimately ending the engagement. And that was kind of like cathartic for me to write because it was kind of letting myself imagine what I would have done if I would have just chose me and not chose love and not chose a relationship. So that was really um, some interesting scenes to write and definitely made me feel a lot of ways because of course it made me think what would my life have looked like if I had decided not to compromise Mm -hmm. in that relationship but I also still hold a lot of love for Mitch and you know when you're with someone for half your life like so many of my best memories are with him. So yeah, it's like a, it's, have
1: yeah, I, I completely agree. It's like, I look back at it, saying with my ex, like, you know, if I didn't go through all that, I wouldn't have my two little girls with me. So mm-hmm. I
0: can mm-hmm.
1: understand.
2: So it's really cool that yeah. you are a writer and writing that book. It sounds obviously, like you said, <laughs> um, cathartic and looking back, do, have you been able to like not beat yourself up over it? and like look back and be like man like i knew this is what i wanted i knew what he wanted like i should have done this or you know whatever not even forget the engagement in marriage it should have broken up probably even in college are you able to not Mm -hmm. beat yourself up about it and kind of move on
0: Sometimes. I think there's been a lot of times where I get really disappointed in myself because it was like, I knew. Because like there was a time where we did break up in college and that's written into the book as well. They okay. break up and they end up getting back together because of the comfort and just being so familiar with someone. Mm-hmm. Um And also a little bit of like ego in there as well. Like she sees him with another girl and is like, no, wait, like, Supposed to be mine, and the yeah. same on his end, sees her with another guy, and is like, well, No, wait. And you know, when you're so young and you have those types of feelings and ego involved and everything, um, sometimes you can make decisions where you look back and you're like, Well, maybe that wasn't the best, and I should have thought a little bit more about my future. I think when you're so young, I like I look back when I was 19 and 20, I really wasn't thinking all that much about what my future would actually look like if I did decide to stay in Iowa and I did decide to get married. It was just like, I was living in the moment of right now and this is what I want right now. And then at a certain point, like you're in it and it's like, well, how do you get out yeah. <laughs> and that's what my character Lauren was struggling with how do you how do you undo this? Yeah, I feel like also
1: when we're young, we're also so naive to some things like oh yeah, so naive like I like think about the same time around that time it's like you just you hope for the best too, and mm-hmm. you also don't mm-hmm. realize like oh, this is everything that a marriage is going to encompass. did you feel pressured to get married and have kids by a certain age like did you guys Did did you feel pressure to get married very quickly, like after graduating college and everything and then having kids and all that?
0: I think because of our setting being more of like a smaller town in Iowa, which is also a small state, I think there is this kind of like, this is the normal thing to do. You date someone, you date them for so long, you get married, you're married for so long, you have kids, then you have another kid, then you have another kid, you buy a house. You have a dog. Yeah. And I feel like for a while, it felt like we were just following the steps. Like, this is what's expected of us. This is what we should do next. You know, got married, bought the house, got the dog, and then started, you know, trying to have kids, which ultimately did not happen for us. But, um, and I think there was a point where I was like, I'm just following a formula. <laughs> and it was kind of overwhelming to think about because I'm not the most traditional girl. Like uh-huh. I remember I was trying to have like, even just my wedding. I was like, I don't want to walk down to a traditional, like here comes the bride. Like I want it to be like some sort of like rock music. I think it's called like the vitamin C quartet or something like oh, that. Nice. But they it's like classical music, but it's to like rock songs yeah. because I was like, I'm just not the most traditional person. Mm-hmm. And when I realized But again, it kind of goes back to like, how do you start undoing all of this? Where it was like, I don't want to be following this formula. And I think at a certain point too, it's like so many people look at divorce as failure. Mm -hmm. And that definitely played into my thoughts and especially being more of a public figure and being like, I'm going to have to do this online. And what are people going to say about me? Yeah. I truly think that I held off on the divorce for a while because I was so afraid of fear and judgment from online.
1: Yeah, yeah. I agree. I it's, it's tough. It's hard going through a divorce on, in the public eye. I, like, you know,
2: mm-hmm. with your you fam- discussed it in one of our episodes. Yeah,
1: I did. And cause it's like, you know, one thing is like you have it with your family, but then you have millions or hundreds, thousands of other people judging and putting their opinions on situations that they have no idea about. They have no idea yes. what the real stories going on. And it's mm-hmm. really, really tough to go through. It's hard. Yeah.
2: So yeah. I think that's what you're saying is really interesting, right? Because we have a lot of people listening. And like, like I said, we're trying to get the younger audience. And it sounds like you were like a lot of college students and young kind of 20 something year olds were like half of you is like living this traditional life that society tells us to do, date, college, you know. after college, eventually you get the house, you get the dog, you get married, you have kids. But then another part of your body and part of your soul was like, this is not me. This is not what I wanna do. I really want to adventures. I really wanna move out. I really wanna go see the world. I really wanna do these things. And you're getting pulled in both directions. How do you, what advice do you have for the people that are feeling that right now or in that situation? What would you tell them to do?
0: Yeah, if I could go back and give myself any advice, I would tell myself to slow down. And I think when we're younger and we can make decisions so quickly, like I look back at some of the like major decisions i made in my life at such a young age without really thinking about it. it. Just so even the first house we bought, it was like, let's look at houses. That one's nice. Let's buy it. And it was like, so fa- everything we did was so fast and so quick where it's like, just slow down. And don't just think about right now. Don't even think about what the next year is going to look like. If you make this decision, what's it going to look like in five years? And what's it going to look like in 10 years? And also to not feel a certain pressure, because I remember even at a point of being like, I don't know if we should stay together or if we should break up. And I was like, well, I don't want my friends to judge me or I don't want my my friendship group to change because... I went to college, so we had the same group of friends and it was like, well, what happens if we break up? Like, am I going to lose some of these friends? I don't want to lose my friends. So truly that was a part in my mind that I then continued to let spiral because I didn't want to like lose the people I hung out with on a Friday night, but that's what was so important to me in college. Yeah. And then Um, if you just stop and you look bigger picture, it's like, that's not the most important thing. So slowing down and looking at Big picture is the advice that I would give myself and how to stay true to yourself. Because if there's anything I've learned throughout the past years, it's making your own self happy. And I know a lot of people think that's like selfish, like the number of times I've had people call me selfish for getting a divorce and for moving and all of these things, but it's like, I'm the one in charge of my own life. Mm -hmm. I'm in charge of my life. I'm in charge of my mental health. No one else is. So no one else gets the right to tell me that I should stay in a situation that doesn't make me happy. That's crazy. Yeah. And I think for a long time, I let those thoughts really intrude. Because again, even at this time, I've been in social media since 2009. So I have had social media and the internet in my ear for the majority of my adult life. Mm -hmm. And that's really hard. Yeah. And it's hard to face backlash. It's hard to face negative opinions of you, especially on such personal topics. But big picture is you have to do what makes you happy. And I got away from that for a while.
1: Yeah, that's Very such good advice. Uh, so looking back at everything. so
2: like, I, I oh go, you? No, you asked your question. You haven't asked it. No, yeah. So yeah. Um, <laughs> This might be a tougher question, but I think it's, and if you don't want to address it, you don't have to, but something that Madison and I talk a lot about is the influence of our parents and like influence of uh, like stuff as we were younger. You mentioned that you don't have your dad in your life. Do you ever look back and think that you would have made different decisions or better decisions or slowed down if you would have had better advice from your parents? And then the second part of that is, do you ever worry that your mom beats herself up over like things that happened in your life that she could have guided you better, given you better advice?
0: Yeah. It's, it's so hard for me to envision having a father figure because I just didn't have, I'm actually from a sperm donor. So that's why I don't, I am an anonymous sperm donor. So that's kind of my background there. So I never had um, that kind of father figure role in my life. Um, which I love my mom for. You know, I think she's she's such a strong woman was like, I want another baby and I'm gonna go have her on my own. (laughs) I think that's like really so that's amazing. So much power to your mom. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um so I think that's I think that's really neat. But it's it's funny because even in a lot of my books that I write, a lot of my main characters don't have a father figure because I truly just don't know how to write it. I don't I don't understand the relationship between father and daughter because I've never Um, been able to experience it, but it does make me think of what my relationships could have looked like if I did have a father figure, even in my life, because I unfortunately have also been through things like physical abuse with past boyfriends. And I just wonder if I had that dad, that like power figure, um, you know, would I have let things go on for a certain amount of time? Like, I, I don't know. It's, it's just so hard to, to vision what that would would look like, but I I just give I have such a great relationship with my mom. She's actually been out here in Vegas with me over the Thanksgiving holiday. I run my own business. She's been packing all of my orders through Black Friday and Cyber Monday. It's been so cool to show her kind of the business side of things. She watches all my videos. I know that she'll watch this podcast because yeah. she loves she watches all your videos, Madison. <laughs> like, so, like she just she loves the community and. Um, and i just think that she's such an awesome woman and we've kind of hurdled so much together and she was my biggest supporter through the divorce like whatever i said to my mom is you know i'm getting married she was like great let's do it i was okay. like hey we're we're trying to have kids we're going through infertility treatments she was there rooting me on every step of the way. And then when I was like, hey, this isn't working out, I'm getting a divorce. She was like, great, let's do it. Like, okay. She's just so supportive. It doesn't try to change my mind, which I like. My mom understands that I'm very independent and she just supports that. She doesn't try to question me. She doesn't try to change my mind. She's just there to be supportive. And it just, it's what makes her one of my favorite
1: people. That is awesome. She sounds like an amazing mom. Because like honestly, yeah. like yeah. that's like such a that's what a good mom is. She's there letting you make your own choices, your own decisions. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I am here if you need me through thick and thin, need me to help you hold yeah. up. That that's awesome. no
0: Yeah. There's times that she's like, I knew that was a bad decision, but like you have to learn. Like you have to make like I moved in with a college boyfriend and my mom was like, <laughs> <laughs> <I'm> okay. <sorry." laughs> and then when that fizzled out like months later, she was like, Well, I knew that was coming, but you had to learn it. Like you had to go through it and try it and see if it worked and it didn't. And okay, now we'll bounce back. Yeah, because <laughs> I like,
1: like, that, okay. really like that's good. That's also like really good parenting advice because I mean, sometimes when a parent tries to tell a kid or their kid anything, they're going to fight back and be like, no, no, no. It's like, okay, well, I'll let you make this choice on your own and you can see what's going to come from it afterwards. So you learn. And then you yeah. actually learn from it. It's not that you just keep making the same mistakes over and over. So that's yeah. really good. Yeah. So, how do you think dating? In your 30s is different than dating like before like in your twenties and stuff because it's been a whirlwind.
0: It's so hard for me because I don't understand this world. I I don't I started dating Mitch before dating apps. Yeah. I started dating Mitch before Snapchat. Yeah. Like I <laughs> you know, I remember one guy being like, Yeah, what's your Snapchat? And I was like, For what? I <laughs> like you, like, I'm like, what is this whole Snapchat, Snapchat thing? <laughs> It's like, what do you want my Snapchat for? You want my phone number? Like, I'm so confused. It's I. It's a completely different ball game. And then, especially living in a city like Las Vegas, like mm-hmm. it's very strange. And I remember when I was telling my friends I'm going to move to Las Vegas, my girlfriend who lived here, mm-hmm. she was like, "This is not the place where you want to live if you want to date." And I was like, "I don't want to date right now. Like, I really do just want to be by myself and focus on." Not only healing from a divorce, losing my partner of 15 years, finding out that we couldn't have children together. All of that was all so hard mentally that like, I'm still not over it. I'm still trying to come to terms with everything and how my life for so long that I envisioned is now something completely else, which is great and so exciting. And now this is the other life that I was always envisioning for myself. And I'm stepping into that role, mm-hmm. but it's still, I get to grieve the life that I left behind and the people
2: that I left behind grief's a really good word because you know see what we, it's listening to or we talked about it's like yeah. the divorce it's kind of like a death, you know yeah. and we were saying on the last podcast, it takes like at least two years to kind of figure mm-hmm. it all out, get through it, so I think the word grieve is really good word that you use, obviously she's yeah. a writer with a good vocabulary mm-hmm. um and <laughs> Yeah, you're right, and and you take all the time you need, and hopefully, um, that is you know it's perfect. But mm-hmm. I want to hear about the dating apps, <laughs> and I want to hear about dating in Vegas. <laughs> so we need some stories.
0: I actually still have not gotten on a dating app. Okay. I just you down all down, my friends are like, like, "Are you sure?" Nope not not even a one. I haven't even downloaded one. <laughs> it's, it's, I haven't even downloaded one. You're not, but it's so funny much. because. <laughs>
2: So That's if you don't have it, if too. you're 30 years old and you don't have dating abs, how do you go yeah. on dates?
0: Well, I live in this small town of Las Vegas now. And sometimes I go out to this place called The Strip. Yeah. And <laughs> wow, there's a lot of people there and a lot of people that are friendly. Yeah. Um, but it's it's been really interesting here. And, you know, I moved um, April of 2021 and I was like, I'm about to have like the most epic hot girl summer ever. And I like, I don't even want any like men around me. Like, I just, I just don't. Like, I just want to make friends and have fun and experience Las Vegas and go out to the restaurants and clubs and just all the things. And then, I don't know, some of the guys here are like, but high, and I'm like, no, <laughs> no, and it's been hard because, like I said, I do like relationships, and I do, I'm not someone who like dates multiple people at a time. I don't even know how it, my brain couldn't comprehend that. Like, I do too much anyways. Like, I can't have multiple men. I'm, saying, I'm <laughs> too <saying>. hard. <laughs> it's like, I can't. Um, and I've had a few guys that have wanted um, to date me or to just have a little bit. More And I'm just like, I cannot give that to anybody right now. Mm -hmm. I have to be focusing on myself. And it's also very scary. Like, I'm trying to um, put together a little series for TikTok of what I wish I could tell myself when I first started to really think I am going to go through with this divorce. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that I didn't realize is how scary it is to be on your own financially. And as an influencer, our career is considered unstable. It's harder for us to, like, buy homes and buy cars because still, even though this this career has been around for a while, a lot of more traditional places like mortgage companies are like, what? You get paid from google like they don't understand so there's a lot of hurdles that we have to go through with being an entrepreneur in general but then being an entrepreneur in the social media space and yeah. like with income it's also like it's inconsistent every month so
1: it's mm-hmm. like you never know what you're mm-hmm. going to bring in and you have no one to fall back on like when you're yeah on your own. it's it's really scary yeah
0: yeah, it's very scary. So I'm like, I need to focus 1000% on my career because I just feel this this pressure all the time of like, I can't have an off day or an off moment because I don't have someone to lean on. You know, during our relationship, Mitch would go through hard times and I would bring us up. I would go through hard times, he would bring us up. Like A marriage and a relationship for that long is a true partnership. Mm-hmm. And when you're all of a sudden completely on your own, it truly is terrifying. And one word that I used in my journal one night was debilitating sometimes mm-hmm. because it's so fearful of if you make a wrong move, the house of cards is crumbling down. So it's very scary. So when I've had these these lovely men in Las Vegas who are so great and so nice that are like, I want to like really date you. I'm like, I just can't. I can't. I just can't focus on that right now. I have to be focused on
2: me. Do you, in your brain, have a timeline of when you think you'll be ready or when you'll want to date again?
0: I don't necessarily have a timeline, so... Again, I moved in April, 2021, but our divorce was not finalized until the following year. So April of 22. And Mitch and I are still actually kind of linked. We're still dealing with like tax situations. It never
2: ends. We're still dealing with it too. Don't worry. We've both been divorced and you people have no idea. I mean, we, we actually talked a little bit on advice for the episode, but literally Madison and I were talking about this all the time. It's like, Oh, you forgot about insurance and health insurance and mm-hmm. homeowners insurance and car insurance. And then you're just linked in like all these different ways that and you're like, oh wait, we forgot about this, we forgot about that. So yeah, preach, like we get it. it yeah. Takes that's why I said it yeah. takes two years.
1: It takes a long yeah. time. So, like even though the divorce is final, you're still never like you don't really feel divorced yet because you're still having to tie
0: up all those loose ends. Yeah. I thought it was so funny. The other day we were talking about taxes and my ex-husband said to me, like, oh, do you need me to send you my social security number? And I was like, bro, I got it. I'm yeah. going to know your social security number until the day I die. Yeah. Like, don't worry. Like yeah. That's always going to be embedded in my mind. Yeah. <laughs> not, um, I'm not going to steal your identity, but like... Yeah. Your number is what, you know, especially with like health insurance, like his social is the number that I went off of for so many years for taxes and for everything. I was like, no, I got it. Yeah. Thanks, though. It's it's (laughs) crazy how much life
1: changes and just, it's just, yeah. So, another question that we have for you is so, say if you were going to start looking to date someone, and what would be some of your red flags that you now like know, like, okay, this is a red flag, I'm going to stay away from this? Like, what are some red flags for you right now?
0: I think since I was like, I tried like dipping my toes in the the dating pool. I think one thing that I really learned is um, respecting boundaries because, like I've mentioned, like I have said, hey, like I can't give even fifty percent in a relationship right now. Like I'm just not there. I'm not looking for anything. And um, I did have one guy that was like, but no but I'm here, but let's do this. And at first I was like, Oh, this is really nice. Like someone is so like, no, I really want to hang out with you and spend time with you and date you. And I was like, "Wow, how nice. And then I was like, actually, that's not respecting my boundaries. Mm -hmm. And I think now my walls have gone up even higher. Like my boundaries are even higher. And I'm like, if you don't respect that, even in a nice way, and you're doing nice things for me, it's still not respecting what I'm saying. Um, you know, this is my line. This is my boundary. This is where I I, I can draw that line. Um, I think that would definitely be a big red flag. And if you don't like my dog, you yeah. red flag. <laughs> Who wouldn't like
1: red Aries? Flag. Aries is so sweet. <laughs> Aww. So, like, so what are some of the checklist items that you have when you do look for someone now? Like, or, like, in the future, if you're like, okay, this is what I envision being with in the future.
0: Yeah. And it's interesting because I... Oh, okay. Okay, there we go. She does her own thing. Uh, It's funny because I did have a conversation with some of my friends um, a while back, and they were like, you know, what is it that you are looking for when you do decide to date? And one thing that I said is, I'm really looking for someone that I feel like challenges me because I didn't feel like I had that a whole lot. Again, Mitch is such a great guy, and I like. I wish him happiness. I, I hope that he finds someone that is more aligned with what he wants his life to look like, mm-hmm. but he didn't necessarily challenge me in ways that I wish would have even talking to me about my work um, and just having those types of, of, conversations. I think that's something that I'm missing. And even in like the tiny bit of dating that I tried to do in Las Vegas I'm very self-motivated. I'm very self-disciplined. I think as an entrepreneur, you have to be. Mm-hmm. And I need someone that like matches that energy and motivates me. Yeah. And I hear from a lot of people that they say that I inspire them and I motivate them to try new things or even just like, I had a friend be like, I started going to yoga because of you. And I was like, cool. Like, that's awesome. But I, I think I'm looking for someone that challenges me, motivates me and um, makes me want to keep upping my game versus just kind of like staying where I am. Um, that's kind of what I think I would be looking for in my next partner is someone who's more similar to me in that sort of sense.
1: How was Mitch involved with your social media and your career in the past when you guys were married and dating?
0: I I'm very public in a lot of ways. I've, I've been through quite a bit. I actually did some public speaking when I was younger on um, abuse and um, even just like medical things that I've been through. And that was a big reason why I wanted to write books because I thought I can reach a broader audience if I can write And people can read books and they can learn the lessons that I have gone through. And then social media came about. And I was like, well, this is a way to really reach a lot of people. Um, so that's a big reason why I got into blogging and and doing the doing the socials in that way. But the one thing that I really didn't talk about was my relationship and was my marriage. Mitch was never in any of my videos. We never did like the boyfriend tag or husband does my makeup or anything like that. Like he was never featured um, on my socials. There's just a handful of pictures of us like on my Instagram. And I I mean like maybe three photos of us total, even when I would share about my wedding, like on my anniversary, I'd be like, Oh, you know, today's my sixth anniversary and it was just a picture of me in my wedding dress, not, not him. So I've, I've always tried to keep my more personal relationships Mm -hmm personal. And I think going forward, that's how I would try to be unless I date someone who's also more in the public scene. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he was never really featured. And I just, I remember thinking it was interesting one time because I really didn't even talk about my marriage all that often. But after getting divorced, I saw a comment from someone saying, I'm just so shocked because it seemed like you had the perfect marriage. And I was like, how I didn't talk about it. Yeah, It's so strange to me, like how people can perceive what what they want to perceive. So
1: going through it, like, did he, was it you that didn't want to show him or did he not want to be shown? Or was it like a mutual thing? Like you just wanted to keep that more private.
0: Yeah. I think it was more of a mutual thing because Mitch is actually not on social media. Mm -hmm. Um, He's just, that was never his thing at all. Even when Facebook was the big thing, like he was like, I don't want Facebook. Like, I just want to talk to people. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's just not really a social media person I- in general. So that kind of made it a little bit easier too. Yeah. But I think he also appreciated it because he was never someone who like really wanted to be in the public. Like, because I would talk to him and say like, Hey, do you want to do this video? And he was like, no. And I was like, okay, cool. Like, cause I don't really want you to come on either. So yeah. it just kind of worked out well that way. Mm-hmm. But it, it definitely made it easier in the divorce. Like I I look at some channels that you've like really – you f- have like followed their whole relationship. And I just yeah. think how hard that must have been. It's hard because it, – To then go through that.
1: Yeah, because then a lot of people's judgment and everything come – it's it's hard when you show a relationship because they kind of pick at your relationship. Yeah. And then I know for me is a lot of people said, well, we've always seen this. We just didn't want to say anything. Mm-hmm. And it's like
2: mm-hmm. – <laughs> When yeah. you're ready – to get out there and date you date a little bit. Um, What are your fears? What are you uh, worried about? What scares you? Um, You seem very open. You seem like you've shared a lot. You seem like you've been through a lot. And then obviously people could watch your stuff on social and read your books and know a lot about you. Um, What what scares you the most about getting back out there?
0: It's a great question. Actually one that I haven't thought about a whole lot. I think one thing that scares me is finding someone and putting so much time and energy into them and having it not work out again, Mm -hmm. because I, I, now I almost feel like I'm against a clock, right? Like, especially being in social media, it's like the younger you are, obviously the better. And that's how I feel. That's why I'm like, I don't want to focus on dating right now. I want to make sure my career is in the best possible place that it can be because the opportunities are given to the younger crowds. Like, and that's just, that is what it is. Like, I literally had a contract the other day say, if you are over 35, like, that's it. Like, no. (laughs) And I was like, oh God, because I am 35. So that, I I just, I am afraid because I spent so many years trying to make a relationship work and losing myself in that, I think one of my biggest fears is just losing myself again Mm -hmm. and putting so much time and energy where I could have been putting that into something else. I just don't want to make the same mistake twice.
2: Yeah, I mean, I think that's for everybody, right? I mean, we, we talk a lot yeah. about that on the podcast. We get a lot about that. Like, how did you guys get back out there? How did you and Madison get back out there and throw yourself into a relationship? And, um, you know, Madison put up so many walls and tried to kick me out a few times and yeah. just like was so scared that that fear, right? And I, I think the fear is inevitable. I don't think there's anything mm-hmm. we can do about it. Um, I think it's scary as hell. So I totally respect that and, and understand that. Do you feel pressure saying you're 35? Do you feel pressure um, as getting older also with having kids? Do you want to have kids?
0: I do not want to have kids. So I don't feel um, the pressure with my age right now. Um, Mitch and I did try for several years and then we did do the fertility treatments. We went through that whole route and we stopped right before um, IVF. And, um, I was told that I I probably could not have children without some sort of medical (laughs) interference. Mm -hmm. And that was such a hard time. It was hard on my body. It was hard on my mind. I I really can't imagine wanting to do it again. (laughs) And again, fear of failure, of it still not working out and how much money we spent and how much time was put into that, um it's really hard for me to envision also trusting someone enough to go through that whole process again because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's so difficult um so at this point i've also come to to peace with not having my own children and i'm and i'm okay with that so i don't think that's what is in uh the future for me so i think that helps because Otherwise I think I'd be thinking about freezing my eggs or doing something along that route. Um, but I don't, I don't necessarily feel, feel that pressure.
2: Would you consider yeah. dating a guy that has kids already?
0: I have thought about that. Cause again, in my thirties, I'm like a lot of people in their thirties do have children. Um, And as of right now, I feel like my answer is more leaning towards no. Like, I almost want someone who can, again, match me on that level of, hey, I want to go to wherever it is I want to go. I want to go to Mexico next week. And we don't have to worry about, you know, I'm thinking like maybe if someone has like a really young child baby or like a young child where it's really hard to be away from them, Mm -hmm. um, I kind of go back to like, saying that I'm selfish right now, but that's kind of that is what it is. Like I feel like this is my selfish single girl era where I get to um make the decisions and do what I want to do when I want to do them. And I feel like if I were to like date right now, I would want someone who could match that.
1: Definitely. I that's really empowering just to hear how strong you've come and like how you're just putting yourself first. That is huge, especially from going through a divorce and such a hard time. That's That's really good. Uh,
2: Just on a personal level, like you'd be an unbelievable mom. So mm -hmm. if it is someone else's kids, like not only did you have a great mom as a role model, but what you've been through and your whole life experience and the way you articulate things and the way you think through things, um, you know, either if you end up meeting a guy that has children, they'll be very, very, very lucky to have you as a mom.
0: Thank
2: you. That's where we go, babe. <laughs> so uh, I wouldn't close it out unless you really don't want to be, but you would be a great mom. So, um, And if you date a guy who has kids and is divorced, um, you will have the time to take the trips, and he won't have the kids all the time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> you, you'll get some time to hang out and party with them. All right. So... I think this is awesome. Hopefully, the audience learned a lot. I learned a lot, not only about you, but just you know, advice um, in general. The books sound amazing. Um, it sounds like a lot of you talking to your younger self. You giving you know life stories and experience of things that have happened to you. Um, and hopefully, you know, kids and adults today still read books. Um, so, because it sounds like the stories are amazing. Question I have for you is. Uh, what is the kindest thing that anyone has ever done for you? Oh
0: my goodness. You know, I think my my first thought goes to oh no, now I'll start to cry. <laughs> um my first thought really goes to my community that I've built online. And the kindness that they showed me these past few years. Because, oh, my dog gets really upset when I cry. She likes to comfort me. It's okay. Um, Because it was so hard. It was so scary to announce that you're leaving this relationship, to move all by yourself. You know, it took Aries and I about five days to drive from Iowa to Vegas in the snow, in the mountains. It was terrifying. And then just starting over completely alone. And the just outpouring of support from people who have never met me, but I've been in their rooms with them for, you know, eight years and they've read articles on my blog and they've listened to my podcast and they've read my books. The amount of support that they showed me during that time gave me the confidence to keep going. Yeah, And my next book that comes out in December, it took me two years to put it out. So I haven't put out a book in two years because I started writing the sixth Breely January of 2020. The pandemic happened, infertility happened, divorce happened, then a move. And i put in my acknowledgements with this book that my online community has saved my life more than once.
1: I think that's another so, thing. That, like a lot of people don't realize just like our, how much our like our audience, our supporters, they really do support us through these hard times. Like I can totally relate to what you're saying right now. I received countless of DMs going through the hardships, and also them saying like you sharing your journey and how you've come out of it is that we've also helped them through the same troubles, the same struggles, and yeah. it's amazing what the internet has given us. Yeah. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. So I'm so thankful for them. Do you, have a, do you have a like a squad name for them for the uh, yeah. We're we're
0: just the Sam Squad. The Sam Squad.
2: Shout out, <laughs> the out squad. to the oh, Sam nice. Squad. <laughs> um, that, I think it's amazing. I I would say from an outsider. I've noticed it with Madison's fans and how I, first thing I noticed just when I read the comments and everything was just how amazing they were and how supportive they were. Mm-hmm. And, um, I believe you. And I think both you and Madison are huge inspirations, which is why I wanted to have you on. Cause there's so many people going through similar situations, struggles, uh, you know, whether it's infertility, whether it's divorce, whether it's job, whether it's family, just everyone out there is going through so much and pain. And to see you as strong women getting out of these situations, changing your life, moving on with your life, being entrepreneurs, being hustlers, not knowing when your next check is going to be there or not be there, um, is amazing.
1: Yeah, I think also being vulnerable with people and showing that it's okay to be vulnerable with them. It allows them to feel like it's okay for me to open up as well. Like I've had other friends and family come to me because they're like, your videos have helped me going through like miscarriages and infertility and stuff. And they're like, this is what I'm going through. And I feel like I can open and talk to you because you were so open. And I, I was like, first to a family member, I was like, I go, well, you don't don't watch it. Don't watch. She's like, no, it's been so helpful for me to get through it. And
0: mm-hmm. I think that's
1: like been, it's a really good thing for the rest of people.
2: So Samantha, you should be really proud of yourself and um, shout out to the Sam squad. Uh, I didn't mean to make you cry, but He
1: he made me cry every
0: episode. Um, I was
2: like, man. I saw my friends
0: last night. I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna cry during the whole thing. I was like, I feel like I did pretty good. You did great. Awesome. You did amazing.
2: All right. So last question. Um, Who do you think? What guest? Who do you think we should have on the pod? But the caveat is, you have to help us get them on the pod.
0: That's a great question. And I was trying to think since it's, you know, kind of focused more on like relationships. Um, my, my friend, Angie, I feel like really helped me a lot in Yelica Neekvist. She's another YouTuber in the beauty space, mm-hmm. but she was really helpful to lean on during this time also. Um, cause she has been through a divorce. She's now remarried. Um, but it was just, it was really, it's It's so helpful obviously to talk to people who have gone through the same things that you have and no one's story is exactly the same but still um going through like similar situations it's just helpful to get their advice versus someone who's never gone through it you're like well
2: okay
0: okay, so how do you know what i'm feeling right now Um,
2: i actually the instagram that we put out today was literally me talking about how i was deathly scared of having the conversation with my kids and I had no friends or family to talk to that had been through it. I didn't have any like best friends to say, hey, I got to have this conversation with my kids and I'm moving out. Like, how did you do it? What did you say? How, you know?" And I agree with you a thousand percent. Like when you don't have someone like close to can relate. The fact you had someone to talk to that had been through it is amazing. Um, so mm. I agree with you there. You no, know, 1000%. So if you can help us get her on, yeah. we would appreciate it. Um uh, yeah. because we want to interview more people.
1: Yeah.
0: Does she live in uh Vegas as well? She lives in Texas. Texas. Okay. She's actually originally from Sweden, but her and her husband just moved to Texas recently.
1: Okay. Mm-hmm. she's visited you
0: out in Vegas, right? Okay. Yeah, yes, I yep. think I've seen. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep, yep, she came out to Vegas, which is so nice. Cuz even like Madison when you came out to Vegas and we could talk. Yeah, it's just it's just so helpful. It it just really is so helpful. Yeah, it is.
1: Well, thank you so much for coming on, Samantha. Samantha,
2: you are amazing. Thank you so, so much for coming on, being our first guest. For all the audience that's listening, put comments below. Um, If you guys want to ask any follow up questions, Samantha can answer them for us Mm -hmm. and go support her. Check out her books, check her out on social And wow, I mean, I was amazed. I've met her. I've watched her stuff on social. I didn't know 90% of this. And what an amazing woman.
1: Yes, thank you so much for opening up with all of us and being vulnerable. We appreciate it.
0: Thank you. Thank you for having me as your first guest. How fun.
2: (laughs) All right, everybody. I hope you enjoyed it. Send some love and let us know as well who else we should have on the pod.
1: Yep. All right. Bye, everyone.
2: Bye. (laughs)